So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine assholes at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And uh, Lady Diagnosis, she who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine. Hello, Lady Diagnosis. Hello, Dr. Steve. And he who buys her said expensive wine, it's Dr. X, everyone. Hey, Dr. Steve. Uh, this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-Poohhead. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine and at Lady Diagnosis or at DRScottWM and visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy or go to our new merchandise store at CafePress.com slash Weird Medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, or whatever. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's great to see you next week. We will be able to take um, phone calls again. Woo-hoo. So, yay. Yay. Oh, oh I'm, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Oh, that sounds terrible. Okay, let's do this. There we go. Very exciting. And we're going to bring back um, the time-honored bit, uh, Ask a Country Hick. We're going to have my mother-in-law in here answering questions from the listeners. So if you have a question for Big Joe, call 347-766-4323 or 347-POOHEAD. And you can leave a voicemail for Big Joe. We'll play it to her. She'll answer it. And then we'll, you know, cut up her response. And she's agreed to this? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> she, she doesn't have any choice. <laughs> I, she did a good one today. You know, I've got my little um, a file that's shit Joanne says. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time she, my mother-in-law, Dr. X, you've never met her, but she is a, a oh, classic wow. malaprop. Mm-hmm. And she'll often get the first letter of a word right and then the number of syllables right but the rest is just nonsense not even close so for example <laughs> um she thinks that the cheese that you put in um, 
in uh, lasagna is retardo cheese. <laughs> and she's very proud of herself that she made this lasagna with retardo cheese. Now, she's not trying to be funny. She be thinks ugly, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, she's not being ugly. She um, uh, uh, bought my wife some wine and was very nice. She's a very nice person. Uh, Tacey, I bought you some wine, some of that Monique wine. It was Merlot. Mm-hmm. Close. And um, her, her favorite coffee drink? Floopy. A floopy. <laughs> she sounds like my own mother, so I'm really, yeah. The struggle is real. Well, my um, the floopy story just cracks me up because she's standing in line. And my wife is there with her. They're standing in line at McDonald's, and a guy behind my mother in law is talking to his friend, and he says, now, what's that new coffee drink they get? Now, Joanne orders one every single day, and so she's going to school this guy. So she turns around and goes, it's called a floopy, and I order one every day. (laughs) So can you imagine? She's going through the line every day going, I'll have me one of them floopies. (laughs) And here comes that floopy lady. And uh, uh, so we had her on here and tried to get her to say it again. She said, oh, I know that ain't right. It's a floppy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she did that with another one of my favorite stories. And people who've listened to the show a lot have heard this, but um, we were at the beach on the Fourth of July, and you know how it crowded it is at a lot of beaches yeah. on the Fourth of July. So there's a you know two lines of people with their umbrellas and stuff, and then my mother-in-law is behind us with a bocce ball set. And you know bocce ball, yeah. right? It's a little white ball. You throw it, and then you have the colored balls, and you try to throw them and get or roll them, try to get them the closest. And uh, so she's getting the fiddling with this thing, and she wants to see if the boys want to play it. And she she yells, um, "Hang on a second, let me see if I can do this right." She yells, "Boys, y'all want to play that bunghole game?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What?" I turn around and go, what did you just say? And she goes, that bunghole game. And I'm like, um, shut the fuck up. That's not what it's called. It's not called bunghole. So, and everyone looked. Oh, of course. There's just hundreds of people down there looking at this lady yelling bunghole at the top of her lungs. So we had her in the studio, and uh, we did a game called... Um, uh, uh, are you smarter than a sixth grader, I think? And it was Liam was the sixth grader, my son. And we tried to get her to say it again. So I said, what is the name of the game that you use at the beach where you throw a white ball and you follow it with with different colored balls? And she said, well, I know it ain't bunghole. Uh, it's, I've learned it since then. It's it's blueby ball. <laughs> so, you know? so that's my mother-in-law. The reason I'm bringing this up is she had a good one today. I walk up to her car, and she was at Perkins. And she had the window down, and she's talking to the pharmacist at uh, CVS, and she's wanting to get her prescription, and she keeps going, it's hits that nozzle spray. (laughs) And they were like, what? I don't think we have anything like that. And she said, no, it's that nozzle spray for my allergies. (laughs) So I guess it's for squirting up your nozzle. So anyway. Flat A. She's a keeper. She's something. Tell you that. She is something else again. (laughs) Nozzle spray. We had this patient one time in an ER when I was a resident, and when she came in, she always wanted to get her dilly dads. 
Her dilaudid. dilaudid. Oh, dilly dads. That's a good I need one. me a prescription for those dilly dads. The dilly dads? I have not heard that one. I, I hear Delada a lot. And when Delada. I hear Delada and Roxy's, I know they're sort of into drug, you know, street yes. drug culture. But dilly dads. That's, That's awesome. actually what I have it in the EMR as uh, is dilly my, dads. For my personal prescription for that, what I, you know, give to patients is dilly dads. That's great. Uh, that's cute. Well, all right. Number that's one cool. thing. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Could not be more true today. Um, oh, you had a, a story, though, didn't you, Scott? I did. You know, so one of our favorite people, <clears throat> Mick Jagger, you know, had the heart problem recently. And, and I was just reading on here that, as the story goes, he just had gotten done walking his dogs and went in and collapsed on his couch. And his wife found him. And um, Oh, geez. Yeah, according to his brother, um, it's a heart valve issue. His father or their father had died of the same exact issue, and it's um, the um, exactly the same issue that killed uh, another famous rocker um, when he was 50 years old. So it looks like they did. So what did he have? Uh, they didn't say exactly which valve it was, but it was a heart valve um, issue, and he, but he had a surgery called a. Didn't he have a aortic valve replacement? So yes. yeah. presumably it was his aortic valve. I hope it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor X, you you work on these cases all the time. You want to talk a little bit about? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, for years, if you had aortic uh, valve disease, you had to have uh, a median sternotomy. They cut your your breastbone in half, went down to the heart. Mm. Uh, cut the heart open, cut the valve out, put a new valve, either a mechanically made uh, stainless steel rocker valve, or more recently they would use uh, pig valves. Pig valves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you, you know, kind of gave you a new feeling for bacon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the pig valves uh, will last about ten years. Yes. So that's um, and you don't have to be on the blood thinners right. to be anticoagulated if you've got the pig valve. With or the mechanical right. valve, you have to have that um, anticoagulation to keep it from forming clots on it and you having a yep. stroke. Mm-hmm. So we should get uh, Alexa to tell us how many how many um, uh, actuations there are in ten years on that valve on that pig valve before it fails. Alexa, what is seventy times sixty? Seventy times sixty is four thousand two hundred. So what's four uh, Alexa? What's four thousand two hundred? Times, um, well, wait a minute. Wait, so it's 70 a minute and 60 minutes. So, okay. Hang on. Sorry, Alexa. Alexa, what's 4,000 times 24? Alexa, what's 4,000 times 24? 4,000 times 24 is 96,000. Alexa, what's 96,000 times 365 times 10? How about 96, the number? 96,000 times 365 times 10 is 350.4 million. There you go. So that that pig valve will do. Well, I know, but it, it's no fun. When you're punching in on your stupid phone. Right. It's, it's <laughs> Alexa, play Alexa. with his girlfriend. Alexa, right, and it drives everybody crazy that has an Alexa in their house because it all activates. And now every, across the country. Um, these um, Alexas are going off answering the same question. But anyway, um, 
so uh, I already forgot the number. So it's 390, 360 million, 360 million times that these this pig valve will work before it fails. That's incredible. That is. You know, we have very few mechanical things that'll do something 300 million times without failing. But anyway, so go ahead. So anyway, that was the old fashioned version. Open your chest, uh, take the valve out, put a new valve, either mechanical or bioequivalent valve in. Uh, Currently, what they're doing a lot is called the TAVR, which means transaortic valve replacement. Uh, and they go into your groin, um, mm. right where your leg joins your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find the femoral artery, thread a catheter up your aorta. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, that's the kind of music we play as well. <laughs> Very sensuous uh, since we're in the groin region. Um, thread the uh, catheter up and cross the aortic valve. Uh, typically, they put a balloon through across that and... Uh, kind of burst that valve open because the aortic stenosis is what you typically have. Right, stenosis meaning it's too tight. Right. Uh, and then they deploy a new mechanical valve uh, down into there, um, which has uh, basically barbs on one side of it, so that when they put it in place, it That's hooks incredible. onto the tissue that they you know they've opened the valve up. They, it hooks onto the tissue. So the old valve is just still there. It's still there now. Well, this thing um, is the old valve just sort of wrapped around the 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 body of this new valve. Uh, well, you know, the, the valves are uh, actually, uh, the valve leaflets are actually attached to kind of a fibrous right. band, the annulus. Mm-hmm. And so this valve goes in and actually has kind of a stent around it to keep those valve leaflets. Out of the way. Le- That's the what I'm worried about. native yeah. ones pushed back out of the way That's so they I'm don't wondering. occlude the new valve or get into the way. Right. So they do have a, a stent sheath around it and then the valve is in there and... Amazingly, the patients are able to go home usually the next day. That's insane. When used to, they would stay in four, five, six days post-op. Yeah, be on the ventilator and have a cracked open chest. Post-surgical pain. And we don't even, uh, some of these valves, uh, the mitral valve more so, uh, we don't even put them to sleep. We just sedate them heavily. Uh, for wow. the procedure, so yep, um, it's it is it's like having a colonoscopy or something. Uh, it's crazy. Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, um, well, we can talk about this. Um, so, propofol, and it, I, you, you actually, um, I'm, uh, I'm guessing, don't do a whole lot of colonoscopies and that sort of outpatient stuff because you work. Oh, yeah. we do. Oh, you do. We also do some outpatient. Oh, you do. Oh, well, you do. So. Okay. Yes. Okay. So for colonoscopies, what are you guys using these days? Propofol. Propofol. Almost yeah. exclusively. Uh, it's great. It doesn't cause nausea. The patients, uh, five minutes after we quit giving it to them, they're awake. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's unbelievable. They can have some coffee and put their clothes on and go home. I, uh, I do my colonoscopies without anesthesia. Um, because I, I kind of you're mean, a sadist. <laughs> well, I am in the sense that now I have to look up at the screen and see my giant hairy ass crack as the scope is getting closer and closer to it before they actually insert it, and that to me makes that's what makes me physically ill. The um, the the colonoscopy itself really isn't that uncomfortable, 
and uh, you can just pull up your drawers and expel a little gas and go back to work afterward. And I don't have to take a day off or two days off, which is what I have to do because the anesthesia messes me up. What are you going to say? I would, I would prefer to take the day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, if someone's, Normal people would. If someone's putting a large tube up my butt, I want drugs and I want to be off. I hear you. I, adv- <laughs> I totally advocate the anesthesia-free colonoscopy, though. But um, it, uh, I had an EGD. So, uh, you know, this is a scope where they go in your mouth and down into your stomach. And um, I have a really heightened gag reflex, so I have to do the propofol for that. So he says. And it is, <laughs> it's incredible the, um, how this stuff works. I mean, I'm laying on my side, and they say, well, we're going to give you this medicine. I'm like, this isn't doing anything. And then the next thing I know, I'm kind of blinking, going, when are they going to start? And it's like, they're done. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So... Tell us a little bit. I know people are are fascinated by this. What are we actually doing with propofol and drugs like that to make us sort of jump forward in time in that way? What you're actually doing is the part of the brain that wakes, that is responsible for us being awake is the reticular activating system. At least this is what we think it does. Right. Uh, It's hard to do a study on this. Um, But uh, the reticular activating system is what, uh, makes us be awake uh, or asleep, and we're uh, putting that uh, activating system to sleep, and so therefore we go to sleep. And then when we the drug is metabolized so quickly, the half-life is in the range of minutes. Yeah. That's why we have to continually give it while we're uh, doing that. Um, then your reticular activating system wakes up and you're awake. And it's, inc- it's insane. Like, As well. Where am I? <laughs> Now, so you're not numb, you're just asleep. You're just asleep, yes. Yeah, with no um, awareness of what's going on around you whatsoever. It's amazing. Now, how do you keep... Uh, so if you're using propofol in the um, uh, in the outpatient setting where you're not intubating somebody, you're not controlling their airway, um, is there any risk of respiratory depression with, with this drug? There is always that risk of respiratory depression, and as a matter of fact, that's what got Michael Jackson into trouble, is he had a non-anesthesia provider. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my next question. Uh, what do you think about using magic milk in the home for as an insomnia aid? Uh, <laughs> you, got, you got something wrong with you terrible if you can't idea. go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could curl up in the corner and go to sleep and not have a problem. Sure. I don't need any propofol. So... Um, uh, <clears throat> Yes, there is a risk. We give you supplemental oxygen through a binasal cannula underneath mm-hmm. your nose. Uh, we are trained in maintaining your airway. Sometimes we have to kind of pull your jaw up. Uh, and we are also trained in how much to give to keep someone where they That's need to the be. Key. And we have monitors on you the entire time. Yeah. The two important things, your EKG, your pulse oximetry, which is shining a light through your finger and telling us what percent of your hemoglobin is oxygenated and versus deoxygenated. Um, and then the other key thing is we never leave the room while we're giving it. Unlike yeah. Michael Jackson's cardiologist who left the room to go do whatever. Oh, we, is that right? We never leave the room when we're giving the medication so that we're there to take care of the problems that occur. So allegedly, I, it's Michael Jackson, was he not, were they not monitoring him? 
No, apparently, well, just for a while, hanging, or, the, hanging the drip and yeah. just hoping for the best. Mm. Well, I think he went out to use the restroom and call his girlfriend or something. The stories, you know, you hear a yeah, lot of yeah, different I stories. Don't know. None of us uh, were there. He apparently so. was watching him the whole time, except when he had to walk out of the room. I see. So, okay. uh, you know, it's like I tell people when I'm putting them to sleep in. You know, back in the 60s, the um, the hippies committed overdoses. Well, mm-hmm. all they did was put themselves to sleep with heroin or whatever, yeah, yeah. and no one was there to breathe for them. Yeah. You could give the same amount of medication in the operating room. And you'd be fine. And as long as an anesthesia care provider is there with you, breathing for you when you needed it, um, you would Absolutely. be fine. You would not overdose. The drugs are, themselves are not poisonous. They're not going to kill you. It's the stopping breathing that kills you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not breathing is not uh, compatible with health. life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a key. Bad for your health. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, may I ask you a question real quick, though? Yeah, yeah of I've, I've wondered this about the propofol, too. About, about how long can you do a surgery on someone if you're using propofol as the main anesthetic? I mean, is it are you limited, like, to shorter procedures, or can you no, do long, like total, we, total hips and knees? And uh, yes, we do it for total hips and knees okay. when we give someone a spinal to okay. make them numb and then keep them sedated with with that even sometimes when they're doing neurosurgical cases mm-hmm. and they have to have neuro monitoring so they're sure. monitoring the electrical activity of the spine uh, of, of the, the spine or, so yeah. that they're not da- so they can tell if they're getting too close or sure. damaging something sure. uh, we're not allowed to use our volatile anesthetics during those cases so mm-hmm. we have to do that entire case using propofol to keep someone asleep so we give them Literally, to go to sleep, you get about 20 cc's Mm -hmm. uh, for an induction dose. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will give them 2,000 cc's, 2,500 cc's during the course of one of those cases to put them to sleep and keep them there Mm -hmm. for the time that they're having their surgery. So, yeah, we give them gallons. Wow. That's Uh, wild. That's wild. Well, there you go. Now you know everything. There we go. Well, let's take a couple phone calls here. I'm fading fast. Sorry about that. I am out of it today. I only got about three hours of sleep last night, so I'm a little bit... You didn't have any propofol? No, I didn't have any propofol. (laughs) Dr. Steve, hi, this is Dave. Um, My question is about cliff bars and protein bars and those kinds of things. Why are they sold in the pharmacy section instead of just in the granola section? Um, I eat a lot of them because I'm... It's a great question. It's just marketing. All marketing. It's really marketing. It's just the Vinny Tortorich used yeah. to come on our show and just say those things are just candy bars. They yep. really are just candy bars, some of them. You know, there's yep. so much sugar and stuff in them. Yep. And, but they uh, call it a supplement or anything like that, then they can put it over in the pharmacy yep. side and yep. it's all... And charge twice as much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, be real careful, too, if you're doing a low-carb diet. Like, you know, we talked about ketogenic diets. I guess that was last show, right? Mm-hmm. Um the first time I did one, I started craving sweets, and I went to GNC, and they had these chocolate bars that were zero carbs. And I got one, and it tasted just like, you know, a, a Hershey's Kiss or, a, you know, Nestle chocolate bar. And so I ate, like, two of them just right then and there. And uh, halfway home, I had to stop at, like, um, Red shit Lobster or something, or something to sh- <laughs> shit, liquid shit screaming out of my ass. Because the way they sweeten those is with this stuff called sorbitol. Mm. And sorbitol 
uh, isn't digested. It's a sugar, and it hits the taste buds just like sugar, but it, you can't digest it. And so it's, since it's not digested, it gets into your GI tract and then is a particle. And what happens when you get a bunch of particles in your GI tract? It's going to uh, attract water. water in through osmosis, and it's just like getting an enema from above. You get a shart. <laughs> yeah, you get a shart. <laughs> Drive fast. It was um, quite... <laughs> Uh, interesting and um, not expected. Not at all expected. <laughs> all right. Oh, my. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is Joshua Harrington. Uh, I'm listening to your last podcast, and I, I kind of hope you answer this question on that podcast, but uh, you were talking about bicycle seats and pudendal nerves. I've been struggling with a pudendal nerve blockage on the right side of my hip. For the last four or five years now, uh, I had a derotation osteotomy on my right leg in 2015, and then and three months later, the hip doc did a, uh, oh my goodness, he scoped the uh, hip joint and rebuilt that socket, and we were really hoping that the uh, that would help take care of all the pain, but the mechanics of the hip are fine. But the pudendal nerve pain is just god-awful. It constantly feels like I'm sitting, my asshole is sitting on a hot branding iron. Now, my, my dick works for the most part. Uh, it's very hard for me to pee. I have to be very, very relaxed, and it constantly feels like I always have to piss. Now, another one that you probably know is once you go take a shit, once you get through for the next... 20, 30 minutes, it still feels like you have to shit, and it has taken me a while to figure out that's not me needing to shit. I, I'm, I'm not fixing to shit myself. I'm done so, so I can get off the pot and leave, but it's just I've had pudendal blocks. Um, I've had uh, back caudal injections. I, let's see. I had a S2, S3 block. That just made my dick not work at all. Yeah, no Freaked me the fuck out for about a week. Mm. And I'm just, I don't want them to cut on me <clears throat> because I have heard that the surgery on that just is not worth the having to cut that gluteus muscle and come back from that. It's just. So have, mm. have you heard of pudendal nerve injuries occurring during hip surgery? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, it, it is possible. It's in that same region, uh, and they do some manual manipulation. Yeah, when they start flaying. Yeah. Oh, flaying, I mean, tugging, if you ever tugging. seen, you can YouTube some of these yeah. hip surgeries, and uh, it is it's real meatball surgery. Did he say if he did he say what approach they did? Was it if it, anterior or lateral? Yeah, he approach, may have. maybe. But you know what? I, I didn't hear him say I, anterior I, versus lateral. He just. <clears throat> I think, but you know, we see a lot of these cases. You know, post surgical pain cases. And this is one of the worst ones because get, getting to the pudendal nerve is a beast. Yeah. Well, I it mean, runs from the back deep. of the pelvis to the base of the penis yeah. or vagina, and it branches off into other nerves at that point. Sends messages to the brain from the genitals, anus, and other nearby body parts. So, that, you know, this guy says his anus feels like it's on fire. Mm-hmm. So he's got sort of a pudendal neuralgia. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. And um, it's that's a tough one. We uh, um no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, no, I was going to say, we were talking about it in the context of uh, bicycle riding. Yeah. yeah. And that I recommend, and I know you guys are going on a long bicycle ride, I recommend those pedendal nerve sparing bicycle mm-hmm. seats. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than just having an, even if it just causes 
burning and itching and numbness of the penis. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Right. Yeah, he's so, got. But you know, any any time those those neuropathies that they have after big surgeries like that, I mean, that's the worst things that we see. I mean, you know, those those chronic regional pain syndrome kind of things and the RSDs and. You know what? That's a hard because yeah. I've treated pudendal nerve pain before, and sometimes good, sometimes bad. But I mean, well, that pudendal nerve block too can be diagnostic if they know that they right. got the pudendal nerve. And a lot of times, this will be an anesthesiology pain clinic or yeah, pain know, clinic yeah, those anesthesia or a guys neurologist some... if they're, if they're skilled in that. And then they'll numb it, and then if the pain goes away, you know you're on the right track. You, at least you know that makes the diagnosis. So, but you know what? If he said if he, they're talking about doing a um, having to go in and re- cut part of his glute so they almost had to go in from lateral hip i guess i would think, think so yes i would um he may not have any other option i, I think just the, a release yeah the release, release yeah the, the, but the, the fascial release and maybe another surgery but shit that may be his only option yes I mean, honestly you know because even you know medications don't treat that neural neuralgia or neuropathy what do you think dr x well it it sounds like the same thing as like a carpal tunnel release Mm -hmm. uh that he's or the ulnar nerve transposition that Mm -hmm. they do for the arm the nerve has uh, scar tissue has formed around Mm -hmm. that that nerve track that it goes through and it's just constantly irritating that nerve uh, Physical therapy would might help. Mm. Oh, you know, may make it a hell of a lot worse too. Well, especially um, if he starts doing any kind of any kind of strengthening, stretching stuff. If it is scarred, yes, and there's shit, man, we make it yeah. even fucking worse. Yeah, if it's scarred, you may be right. I'm I'm looking at this. Um, yeah, that would be my not. Pudendal neuralgia <laughs> thing. It just says physical therapy relaxes and stretches the muscles at the lower end of yoga. the pelvis, known as the pelvic floor. It may be some simple. simple this can ease yoga. pressure that may That's irritate stretching. the pudendal yeah. nerve, but gentle yin style yoga is possibly. Oh. But yeah, yeah, he needs. I mean, we can let lady diagnosis uh, get hold of him. Stick and her thumb in there, and she can do a pudendal nerve <laughs> release, pudendal uh, nerve massage. I would do that. For I'd you. like one of those. Yeah. For, for science. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a, um, um, a oh God, how can I tell this? Story? Oh, I guess I can tell it. It was 35 years ago. The um, <clears throat> emergency room, when you would check in, it would say patient states, and then the clerk would write something in, right? And my one of my favorites was patient states, patient hit on head by plastic Santa at Walmart. So that was a good one. But one of them uh, came in and it said, patient states wants one of Dr. Bird's internal treatments. So God knows what the oh, hell he was Lord. doing. In there. <laughs> All right. Don't ask. First time it worked for about three, four months. The oh, second oh, 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 oh. Hey, Dr. Steve, it is Jay Fred from Twitter. So my question is, with the colonoscopy, is the Cologuard as good, or will it replace the colonoscopy, first Did of all? Did we do this question Second already? Question, no, we have not done this. I've taken Chantix, trying to quit smoking twice. The first time it worked for about three, four months. The second time it didn't work at all. It ended up making me sick to my stomach, and I couldn't even finish taking it. So would it be even worth it to try the third time to take it? Because I literally tried everything to quit smoking. The only thing I have not tried is the magnets on your ear. Otherwise, I've done the gum, the lozenges, hypnosis, Chantix, Wellbutrin, everything. I've done everything. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about the Cologuard first. Um, the gold standard for screening for colon cancer right now is still colonoscopy. 
Coligard was approved in um, uh, 2014. It's a stool DNA screening test for colorectal cancer. And um, the, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, so that's CMS, that's the big you know, federal government uh, uh, payer, uh, are proposing national coverage for the test as part of their uh, uh, review program. So we're going to, you know, I, I don't know the numbers. Oh, wait, I have sensitivity and specificity. Okay, here we go. Sensitivity of Cologuard. So that means it would be positive in disease was 92.3% overall and 94% for the earliest and most curable standard cases on a par with colonoscopy. That's not bad. Mm, That's not bad. Uh, The sensitivity of um, uh, fecal uh, blood testing is very low. Uh, Detection rates for polyps with high-grade dysplasia, in other words, precancerous stuff, was 69.2% with Cologuard versus... um, let me see, uh, fecal immunochemical test, 46%. And it doesn't say for uh, uh, colonoscopy. So, yeah, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Especially if you're high risk, I think they suggest you do that, in, at least initially. It's a little bit less invasive than your colonoscopy. Well, you could certainly, I, I don't know how much Cologuard col- costs, but I'm assuming it's less than a colonoscopy. One would think. But, of course, then they're affecting... You know, jobs. Yeah, there's one less anesthesia and one less pro, um, procedure by the by the GI guy. Well, the only problem I have is they state on the commercials that if you, it doesn't work for a certain familial yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, types of colon cancer, mm-hmm. so the, the uh, higher risk people maybe they're missing. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, let's see here. Um, I think getting a good peek at it's a good thing. Colonoscopies detect 95% of all colorectal cancers and advanced precancerous polyps. Cologuard, on the other hand, has no visual component. Instead, tests DNA from stool samples for the presence of uh, cancerous or precancerous cells. To date, studies have shown Cologuard detects 92% of colorectal cancers and only 42% of precancerous polyps. And that makes sense Mm -hmm. because they don't have the quote-unquote cancer DNA yet. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, you're you're able to detect cancer, but what we'd really like to be able to do is detect precancer, and the best way still to do that is colonoscopy. So, you know, to uh, I have no financial interest in people getting uh, colonoscopies, yeah, or very little financial interest anyway. I don't have but, any financial interest. In anything, uh, but. As as a medical student and as a resident. The number of colectomies that we did at the VA and the other centers that I uh, trained at were just astronomical. We did uh, uh, several a week yeah. and, you know, gave people colostomy bags and all that kind of stuff. And I don't see one of those happen maybe three or four times a year anymore right. in my practice. So. Colon- screening colonoscopy is good for you. And that's yeah. one thing. Great. Say what you want about the Affordable Care Act. It made colonoscopies a lot easier to get for screening because it, part of the Affordable Care Act was to mandate uh, screening, uh, preventative screening tests. And colonoscopy fits that um, um, that criteria. I remember when I was having some symptoms and my gastroenterologist said, well, we'll just call it screening because it'll be easier to get it covered than if, you know, you're, we're doing it for abdominal pain. Yeah. So there you go. Good stuff. All right. Good.
What else we got? Nothing? Nothing. Hell with all of y'all, man. Hell with you. <laughs> well, Dr. X, it was great having you in studio again. Thanks Always for inviting nice me back. Having someone knowledgeable in here instead of me just... Besides just me. Right. <laughs> Thanks always go to Dr. Scott and Lady Diagnosis. Uh, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky. Oh, you know what? Hey, wait a minute. What, Dr. Steve? We didn't talk about um, Dr. Scott's website. That's true. Simplyherbals.net. Simplyherbals. you got to go to simplyherbals.net and check out his uh, uh, herbal nasal spray. It's actually quite incredible, and uh, it's my favorite nasal spray. It's a buffered saline that's got some uh, peppermint oil in it for anti-inflammatory properties, and it really opens up your nose, lets you clean out all those antigens and stuff, and uh, improves my symptoms uh, very significantly. Don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. Stuff.drsteve.com for all your Amazon needs, and tweakedaudio.com. Offer code FLUID. Uh, for 33% off the best earbuds for the uh, price on the market and um, the best customer service anywhere. Go to noom.drsteve.com if you want to lose weight with me. Get 20% off and two free weeks so you can try it out. Noom.drsteve.com. And uh, if you want fresh uh, prepared meals that make eating right super easy, you can use my link to get six dinners. For $39 for two weeks. That's 20 bucks off each week. Give it a try and let me know what you think. That's freshly.drsteve.com. And then if you want archives of the show, go to premium.drsteve.com. And uh, for buck ninety-nine a month, you can get access to all of our past shows and premium content such as it is. All right, very good. Okay. Uh, listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.